The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. And go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater's America is the greatest country in the world. Thanks for being here. I want to uh, change topics here a little more possibly uh, lighthearted. Um, oh, real quick, my book, uh, How to Change Someone's Mind, you can pick it up on Amazon right now. We have the ebook, so you can read it right now. We have the paperback, you can get it tomorrow. And we have the audiobook, which is now up as well, and you can listen to that. Uh, after the show is over. Um, we're going to talk a lot more in the future about AI on this show, artificial intelligence. Uh, I believe the, I, I say it like this. I say the two most important things in the country are AI and demographics. And people, I don't, I'm not going to say it like that anymore because people, well, what about healthcare or whatever? What I really mean is that everything else is dependent on these two things. So when you say, oh, but what about healthcare? It goes back to AI and demographics. What about education, AI, and demographics? Like it all goes back to artificial intelligence and demographics. So we've done a lot of demographics the last few weeks. We haven't done much AI, so let's, uh, let's get all on the same page here. Uh, artificial intelligence will, machines, will replace not just lower-income jobs, but nearly every job. It's, it's obvious how computers will replace people who work at fast food restaurants. That's already happening. That's easy to see. My point is that artificial intelligence will replace almost every job. And it will be very different from how it's happened in the past. I mean, 100 years ago, 99% of Americans were farmers. Today, it's less than 1%. But those jobs were replaced with other jobs. We're not sure how no one's sure how this will happen when you have machines doing all the jobs. So what this will lead to are more calls from politicians for a guaranteed minimum income. And it will look something like everyone gets $40,000 a year just for doing nothing. You just get it. Now we can talk about the economics of why that won't work because if, you do that, then $40,000 will just be the new zero. And there's going to be some major policy questions that are going to happen very fast in this country that no one's prepared to talk about because no one's imagining a world where this is the case. But actually, no, let me say one more thing about this. So this is different than welfare. I want to be clear. So today we got about 10% of able-bodied Americans are not working. You know, the unemployment rates, five, six, 7%. But you add a couple more people who are, you know, it's like the real unemployment rate. Let's say it's 10%. What does this society look like when 90% of able-bodied Americans aren't working and never work, have never worked? <laughs> this is a total, complete, different, we've never seen anything like No one's ever seen it like this. So the real question is, what are the societal consequences of this? And we're going to go one of two ways. We're going to go maybe where the ancient Greeks thought we would, where if we don't have to work, we would all sit around and contemplate and become philosopher kings. And we'd all sit around and read and think. Or we'll all become like the movie Wall-E, where we just all become fat blobs 
who don't even make bones anymore because we don't use them because we get moved around in these little pods all the time and just total complete wastes of oxygen. I lean more towards that. And I think it's that way because we've been trained over the years to think that work is bad. We want to avoid work. So we've all we've completely lost track of all the benefits of work. But the truth is idleness kills manliness. And we could prove that all day long. We will explore that over time. But I think I still need to prove that artificial intelligence is going to completely take over, which is difficult to prove because it's beyond our comprehension. We have nothing to compare it to. But let me just scroll through. We'll roll through a couple things here that will completely be altered. My go-to story, which I've shared before, so I'll do this quick, is doctors, radiologists specifically. There was a hospital, I think in Houston, which hired IBM to come in and help their radiologists. And within a couple months, the hospital kicked IBM out because the, the, the computers were doing a better job than the doctors. They saw the writing on the wall. They saw that the computers are ultimately going to take over radiologists' jobs. So they kicked them out. So what's society going to look like when there's no more fast food workers, like lower income jobs, but also when there's no more doctors? And you're saying, Slater, what are you talking about? No more doctors? Yeah, I'll get to that. Let's start with lawyers. 90% of lawyers' jobs will be replaced by computers. Only specialists will remain in the lawyerly fields. All legal advice will happen online. There's a website right now called Do Not Pay. I think it's Do Not Pay. It started out a couple years ago as a artificial intelligence lawyer that would help you get out of your traffic tickets. So you type in some information and then it would fight your traffic ticket for you. And it worked most of the time. Now they've branched out into over a thousand different legal related things, all completely done, uh, artificial intelligence. So give it a couple of years, 90% fewer, there'll be 90% of jobs in the lawyer field will be gone. Um, Facebook already has software that can recognize human faces faster than humans. Have you noticed that if you post a picture on Facebook, Facebook tells you who's in the picture before you tell it who's in the picture. Right? You post a picture, it'll be like, oh, would you like to tag Jim? You're like, how the heck did you know that was Jim? Our kids will never own, my kid will never own a car or get a driver's license. I don't think, I don't think anyone will own cars anymore. Um, there's two different questions here. How quickly will self-driving cars come? And then how quickly will they're just, you don't own cars anymore. There's just cars that exist. Like Uber owns them all. And you just, call one to pick you up and then it automatically takes you to where you're going. Car companies know that they won't exist for long. They will be replaced by the tech companies. So here's the problem. And car companies know this car companies are trying to build cars with better computers. Tech companies are building better computers on wheels and the car companies are terrified of Tesla, terrified of them. And I just read this morning that Tesla is coming out now with their $35,000 car. Tesla's still kind of niche right now because their car is $75,000. But when it gets down to $35,000 and then it gets down to $20,000, everyone's going to be driving the Teslas. They are currently level two automated. Automation goes from zero to five. Level two says you have to keep your wheel, your hand on the wheel at all times, but the car can drive by itself. Level three, Audi has a level three, which says you don't have to be, you, can, you don't have to be doing anything. Hands off the wheel and it can drive by itself lower than 37 miles per hour. 
So once, and that's right now, that's out right now. So once level four cars come around, it's just total game on and they'll be cheaper than cars are right now. People are uh, concerned that automated cars won't be safe. No, they'll be infinitely safer than humans driving infinitely safer. I've heard some people say that automated cars won't happen because how will insurance work? There won't be car insurance. It won't look anything like we have, like we have it now because there won't be accidents anymore. You're saying, sorry, that's impossible. Mm-mm, that's um, Real estate will change. This is good, uh, I think, because uh, with automated cars, you don't have a commute anymore. You don't have a commute. You can live further away because when your car takes you to work, you can be working. You don't have to be paying attention. You could be watching movies. You could be sleeping. It'll just take you there automatically. Now that's a tricky one because there won't be work anymore. So I don't even know what a commute will look like because you'll have no work to go to. Uh, but alas, here's the, the um, medicine one. There are already devices that can take your retinas, scan your retina, take a blood sample and you breathe into it. And just that identifies 54 biomarkers that can be used to identify nearly any disease. A couple of years, everyone will have access to this. So there goes your entire medical establishment. There will be no more doctors. You can get scanned and get your diagnosis right there. There will be no more surgeons that will be done by machines. There will be no more doctors reading scans that will be done by machines. You'll need a person to give you a diagnosis, right? And talk to you face to face and explain things to you. Sure. But no doctors as we know them today, 3d printing is going to be big. Uh, you can already currently 3d print sneakers. I think that's a great example of how something's completely out of my comprehension and our comprehension and human comprehension. What does that even mean? You can 3d print a sneaker. What what are you talking about? 10 years ago, a 3d printer was $18,000 today. It's a hundred times faster and it's $400. So in 10 years, it went from 18,000 to 400. Give it another 10 years and we will all have one in our home that can print anything. They already have industrial size 3D printers that can print bridges. They have machines that can build homes. (laughs) No more construction workers. What are you talking about? No more agricultural jobs. This one is... 100% guaranteed. This is probably one of the first things that will go if they haven't already. Everything will be done by robots and agricultural um, and agriculture. So they already have the Roomba of tractors. No more plowing fields. Just set your tractor to go automatically does it piece of cake overnight. No one's going to be doing that. No one is doing that. Um, Have you noticed in grocery stores recently, they have a lot of bags or plastic bins of, of spring mix greens mixed greens have you noticed the mini spinach arugula stuff like that there's way more of that in the last few years than ever before and the reason is because machine it's really hard to pick it's really hard to pick mini spinach out of the ground but machines can do it better so there's no there's machines already that can pick strawberries they can scan the strawberries and see when they're perfectly ripe a couple more years there'll be no food that will be picked by humans there will be no more humans working on farms. Already, they, uh, what, what video did I see? I saw something being harvested. I think something delicate, like a, like a baby spinach or something. And there was a big machine just going down the line, and there was one guy walking behind it. 
I don't even know what <laughs> like monitoring it or something. That's it. So no more farming jobs. And how does that affect immigration and all these other things? So do you see how the world will completely change? And this is in the next few years. So the big thing to know about computers is the computing power doubles every 18 months. So every 18 months, computing ability doubles and then doubles from that new point and then doubles. So it's an exponential growth. So we have like, we've had slower growth and then bigger, 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 bigger. And then it just explodes. Just read an article this morning about how Facebook turned off one of their new programs because the artificial intelligence was communicating with itself, not in English, meaning it was programming itself. That, that happened yesterday. So there won't even be programmers anymore. I was talking to a friend who said he has a programming friend who knows that AI will take over his job. So where you used to say, Hey, you should get out of fast food and you should go into computer programming. No, the computers will program themselves. They will have their own computer programming. <laughs> You're saying Slater, this is, what are you talking about? There's no way. Oh, by the way, I didn't give a year. Uh, so in 10 years, max self-driving cars will be prevalent. Most people will be driving self-driving cars 10 years max. No doubt about it. I put any amount of money on that. Already today, there's a grocery store chain in St. Louis that has new machines called Tally that restocks grocery store shelves automatically. So think about this. We live in a, we will live in a world with an auto, automated trucks, which already exists. Remember that about a year ago, Budweiser uh, had a shipment completely from one city to another in an automated truck. So you'll have automated trucks pull up to grocery stores. You will have machines like at Amazon warehouses taking the food out of the back of the trucks automatically. You will have restocking machines that stock the shelves automatically. You will have uh, machines that not even self-checkout machines will just monitor what you take off the shelf and walk out the store with. This is what Amazon already has. This is why they bought Whole Foods to bring this into Whole Foods. So the entire grocery shopping experience will be entirely automated. There won't be a single person working at grocery stores. There are currently 3.5 million people in America who work in 40,000 different grocery stores across the country. They will all be out of jobs. Every single person. That's artificial intelligence. That's our future in a couple years. Let you wrap your head around that for a second. What do you think of that? one 888 Take your phone call. Slater Radio on Twitter. I want to know what you think about that. Do you think that's right? Do you think that will happen? Do you think it won't happen? Do you think it'll ruin everything? Do you think it'll be amazing? I'll tell you one thing that I think will be really interesting about it. We'll do that next. one 888 Mike Slater. So the Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. This is Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. later on the blaze radio network so i want to talk about one one way that artificial intelligence will change our society in uh, some drastic ways is housing so san diego has a major housing problem 
because the weather's really nice here and people want to be here. But the people who are already here don't want anyone else here, which is super selfish. It's a very, I got mine, no one else can have theirs mentality. Any housing development that gets proposed here is shot down by the people in the area nearby, complaining about traffic and the condition of the neighborhood. And this, you know, when I moved here, it was a small town and now it's a blah, 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 blah. So nothing ever gets built. So the price of housing goes up. And that's good for the people who already have a house, right? So it's very, I got mine, you can't have yours. So there's a bunch of local things that are being done to try to fix this. And businesses won't move to San Diego because the average house is $600,000 for a dump for a 800 square foot dump. It's insane. Can't, I mean, kids can't live here. College graduates can't live here. It's crazy. So I'll spare you all the, the local details of this, but the only saving grace out of this is self-driving cars. Because when you have self-driving cars and you're not driving to work, the commute is no longer dead time. The commute, you can be working when you're driving to work. You can be sleeping when you're driving to work. You can be video conferencing. You can be watching a movie. You can be doing whatever on your way to work. So a two-hour drive, like a two-hour commute today is crazy. But a two-hour commute with a self-driving car is nothing. You can be working on the way, just like be sitting in the office. So people will live two hours away from downtown or two hours away from the city where obviously there's a lot more land and housing will be a little, a lot more, a lot less expensive. And that won't be a problem like it is today. That won't be a hurdle. There'll be no problem at all. But also more than that, it's funny how we think of things as two hours away, right? So when I say, oh yeah, there's a town two hours away from you, you know what that's like, but that's based off of how fast we can drive today. And it's also based on traffic but with self-driving cars there'll be no more traffic no traffic and can drive much faster much closer together and much faster so what today is two hours away with a self-driving car can only be one hour away so today you think of a place that's two hours away from your work you're like oh i would never live there too far with self-driving car, it won't be. That will be no problem at all. Right now, it's two hours away. With a self-driving car, it'll be one hour away. And the one hour, you can be sleeping or working. So it'll be like nothing. It will totally change everything. Now, as I say all this, and by the way, self-driving cars, I think less than 10 years. Uh, every argument I've heard for why they won't happen in 10 years, I, I don't agree with that. There's no argument that's convinced me that says they won't happen in 10 years. Um, I'd love to hear it though. People say, Oh, you know, some people love driving or the independence of it. No, no, the convenience will beat any of that. Oh, how will the government force people to get self-driving cars? The government didn't need to force you to get a cell phone and the government can track and, and Google knows everything you do because of your cell phone. And it didn't require anyone forcing anyone to get one. So I think in less than 10 years, everyone will be doing this. Everyone will have self prevalent self driving cars prevalent and will completely change everything. Hmm. Mike Slater show the blaze radio network spread the word. This is Mike Slater. 
part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Radio. This is Mike Slater. Crusaders. I want to talk about healthcare here. Two and a half hours in. Talk some politics here. Uh, I want to play a video here of Steve Jobs. This is a video of Steve Jobs, founder of Apple, of course, 22 years ago, talking about school choice. So I want to play it. Uh, now he's talking about education. So we could go down that path, but that's too obvious. Um, I want to take the same principles that he talks about here and apply it to healthcare because people think that education and healthcare are the two things that we can't leave up to the free market because they're unique and important. And I say education and healthcare are the two most essential things to have in the free market because they're unique and important, right? People do that all the time. They'll be like, Oh no, you can't leave healthcare up to the free market. It's too important. Yeah, yeah. That's why it must be in the free market because it's so important. You got it completely backwards. So as you're watching or as you're listening to this, uh, think of the education things, obviously, but we're going to apply it to healthcare, the same big principles to healthcare. So Steve Jobs, 1995. Here it is. I like the people that are teaching my kids to be good enough that they could get a job at the company I work for making $100,000 a year. Well, why should they work at a school for $35,000, $40,000 a year if they could get a job here at $100,000 a year? I think we should basically be hiring them and paying them $100,000 a year, but the problem there, of course, is the unions. The unions are the worst thing that ever happened to education um, because it's not a meritocracy. It turns into a bureaucracy, which is exactly what's happened. And teachers can't teach, and administrators run the place, and nobody can be fired. It's terrible. And I, I've been very strong believer that what we need to do in education is go to the full voucher system. I know this isn't what you no, care about, but this is what I care about a great deal. What happens when a customer goes away and a monopoly gets control, which is what's happened in our country, is that the service level almost always goes down. I remember seeing a bumper sticker when the telephone company was all one, AT&T, the Bell system. I remember seeing a a bumper sticker with the Bell logo on it, and it said, we don't care, we don't have to, <laughs> you know? And that's what a monopoly is. That's what IBM was in their day, and that's certainly what this, the public school system is. They don't have to care. What does the state of California spend per pupil per year in a public school? What they spend per year per pupil is about $4,400. I believe very strongly that if the, the country gave each parent a voucher, a check for $4,400 that they could only spend at any accredited school, that several things would happen. Number one, schools would start marketing themselves like crazy to parents to get students. Secondly, I think you'd see a lot of new schools starting. I've suggested as an example, if you go to Stanford Business School, they have a public policy track. They could start a 
school administrator track. So you could get a bunch of people coming out of college, tying up with somebody who just got out of business school. They could be starting their own schools. You could have 25-year-old kids out of college, very idealistic, full of energy. Instead of starting a Silicon Valley company, they'd start a school. And I believe they would do far better than many of our public school teachers do. The third thing you'd see is I believe that you would see the quality of schools, again, just like in a competitive market, start to rise. Some schools would go broke. A lot of the public schools would go broke. There's no question about it. It would be rather painful for the first several years. And, but I think far less painful than the kids going through the system as it is right now. And some people, the biggest complaint is, of course, that schools would pick off all the good kids and all the bad kids would be left to wallow together in either a you know, a, a, a private school or the rem remnants of the public school. To me, that's like saying, well, all the car manufacturers are going to make BMWs and Mercedeses and nobody's going to make a $10,000 car. Well, I think the most hotly competitive market right now is the $10,000 car area. You've got, you know, all the Japanese playing in it. You've got General Motors that spent $5 billion subsidizing Saturn so far so that they can compete in that market. You've got Ford, which has just introduced two new cars in that market. You've got Chrysler with the Neon. The, the market competition model seems to indicate that where there is a need, there is a lot of providers willing to tailor their products to fit that need and a lot of competition, which keeps forcing them to get better and better. Perfect. Okay. So the education stuff on that's easy, right? That's easy to understand. Um, so let's go through the same principles and apply it to healthcare. First thing he said, three things would happen, right? The first thing is schools would start marketing themselves like crazy. If you put schools into the free market, they would start marketing themselves like crazy. Why don't doctors market themselves today? Have you noticed that? There, now, there are some people in the medical industry that do, obviously. LASIK doctors and plastic surgery related doctors, cosmetic stuff, because they operate in the free market. They market themselves. Now, there is one other group that does market them, themselves, the Oklahoma Surgery Center. We've talked to them before. They're a free market surgery center, and they do market themselves. They go out and they say, hey, listen, if you, get, if you need surgery, here's what we, we offer. It's a tenth of the cost of the hospital down the street that we used to work at. Oh, and by the way, we're also the surgery doctors or the surgeons of the Oklahoma Thunder basketball team the NBA basketball team. So that's how good we are and look how less expensive we are. They market. Imagine a free market of medicine where doctors are competing for your business. Oh no, healthcare is way too important to do that. No, no, no. Healthcare is so important and we must have that. Second thing he said if, with the free market education, new schools would start. Right? He said uh, you'd get an innovative 25-year-old out of college full of energy. And instead of going to Silicon Valley, they'd start a school. Same thing in healthcare. They'd start healthcare companies like Heal. On my, my local show in San Diego, one of our sponsors is Heal. They're in a few different cities now. So if you're listening in in a bigger city, you might have heal. It's incredible. It's uh, it's it's the Uber of doctor house calls. It's in San Diego. It started in Southern California. So I have an app on my phone. I'm not kidding when I say this. I have an app on my phone. Uh, I press a button and a doctor will show up at my house in less than two hours. 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., seven days a week, even Christmas day, a doctor will show up at your house in less than two hours or you can set 
a uh, set an appointment. A doctor and a nurse actually come. And it's $99 when they come. Or if you have insurance, it's just your doctor copay, 20 bucks or whatever your copay is. That's it. Incredible. Heal. So it's moved into a bunch of different cities and this will take over. Who knows the types of innovation that would happen in healthcare and health insurance? But the healthcare, the, the innovation is not allowed because it doesn't fit the government model. It doesn't fit the government rubric, the government allowed box. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying we'd have 25-year-old doctors. <laughs> what we'd have is 25-year-old smart people figuring out how to deliver healthcare to people. It's very similar to food. There is no shortage of food in the world. There's no shortage of food. You're saying, oh, but Slater, there's people in third world countries starving. Yeah, that's not because of a lack of food. It's because of problems in food distribution, broken supply lines. And usually it's because of corrupt leaders of those countries or bad infrastructure or something that that the food's not getting to the people. But there's plenty of food. Same thing here in America. There's plenty of health care. And there could be if the government got out of the way and, and let smart people, smart, innovative people figure out ways to increase the supply lines to get health care to people who need it and when they need it. But the government's in the way. Won't let that happen. Third thing, the quality of schools would go up. If we had a free market of education, Steve Jobs says the quality of schools would go up. Well, of course, the same thing would happen with health care, too. You're thinking, oh, but Slater, hospitals would only help wealthy people. Well, they wouldn't, just like Steve Jobs says with car manufacturers. One of the great things of the free market is, is how companies market to lower income people and the cost of things go down and down and down. This is why tech companies make a $200 laptop. If it was true that companies only cater to the rich, then there would be no $200 laptop or inexpensive anything. <laughs> so why wouldn't that also be with healthcare too? And then, of course, you have charity on top of that. Here's my biggest point. If, if you have trouble, and I don't mean this insultingly, please, because I have trouble too, but if you have trouble imagining a world with a free market in healthcare, that's not because the free market doesn't work. That's because of the limits of your own imagination and the limits of mine. I, I, I don't know what it would look like either. But I can tell you that 20 years ago, I didn't know what the future of computers would look like. I didn't know what the future of the internet would look like or cell phones or agricultural production or whatever. And look at these advancements of the last 20 years. I didn't know what they were going to be, but that didn't mean that I thought the government should be in charge of them or, or I didn't think the, the free market would be sufficient uh, uh, enough to handle them. <laughs> and you know, the two things that have advanced the least in our country in the last 50 years, what are the, what are the two aspects of our economy of our country that have gotten worse Healthcare and education. What do these two things have in common? They are the two most government controlled aspects of our economy. And I'm so disappointed at this Republican effort when it comes to healthcare. It is it was and is so pathetic. I don't see how it could be worse. They're not even close. On my local show, someone, someone called in the other day and asked me why I'm not really talking about it. And it's because, I mean, I, I, I could give you the, the day-by-day, play-by-play of the skinny bill or this procedural vote or that, blah, 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 blah. 
who cares if they pass whatever they're passing? It's still terrible. They're not even close. That's my point. They're so far off from what they need to do from having true price transparency to getting more doctors to allowing more doctors to get into healthcare to allowing more competition to decreasing mandates across the board, not just the mandate that says you need to buy insurance, but so many mandates about what insurance needs to be. To turning to get to returning insurance back into what it insurance is. And that's, um, catastrophic. I mean, we all know this is so basic. I, I'm even hesitant to say it because it's so obvious. You've heard it a million times, but car insurance doesn't pay for new tires. Car insurance doesn't pay for gas. Car insurance doesn't pay for a new paint job. Car insurance doesn't pay for getting a car wash. It pays for when you get in an accident. Health insurance now pays for everything. It's not supposed to. That's not insurance. That's welfare. So even the Republicans, the only thing they're really talking about is who's going to pay for it. And really, by it, I mean who's going to pay for other people's health care. And if that's all you're talking about, you're, you're so far off. I don't care what you pass. It's terrible. And it's especially terrible knowing what you could have done and what was unprecedented, unprecedented opportunity for what you could have done. Totally, totally whiffed. It's so, so disappointing. I've never been so disappointed in politics in my entire life than the Republicans with this health care vote. It's so bad. Totally blew it. One eight eight nine hundred. Sorry to end on a negative note there, but still know what's possible and fight for what's possible and be inspired by that Steve Jobs clip there. Mike Slater show the Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. Mike Slater. We'll continue in a moment on the Blaze Radio Network. Later on the Blaze Radio Network. See, you know what? I was, I was literally just going to come on and talk about something else. And then I thought, well, you know, artificial intelligence with medicine, as I was talking about in the, the first segment of this hour, artificial intelligence will completely transform medicine as we know it. Like, uh, truly, it's our saving grace. It's, and it's so weird because some really smart people in, this, in, the, in the AI field think that it's going to completely destroy society and it, i think it will in many cases but also in some things it's the only thing that will rescue us um because in medicine when there's no more doctors and there's no more major infrastructure needed and and machines can do it all what will that mean i have no idea but it will change everything anyway i didn't mean to get off track with that um but ai artificial intelligence and demographics are the only two things that matter or i should say everything is based off those two things i'll wrap up with this someone sent me this article the other day um, I'll do the short of it. I didn't think it was a real thing when I was reading the article and I looked it up. I'm going to read from the UN website, United Nations replacement migration. Is it a solution to declining and aging populations? United Nations projections indicate that over the next 50 years, the population of virtually all countries in Europe, as well as Japan will face to population decline and population aging replacement migration refers to the international migration that a country would need to offset population decline and population aging resulting from low fertility. 
So the idea is that these Western countries, as we've talked about before, have a declining birth rate. Every generation, the population is going to be cut in half. So Western countries will not exist anymore. There'll be no people there. There'll be no Germans in Germany. There'll be no Italians in Italy. Um, so they need to be replaced. Why? Because of the welfare states. You know, Margaret Thatcher said the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. I think the problem facing us is eventually you run out of other people. So the idea is from the UN and from Barack Obama, it was and is now still with the UN, to replace declining populations with people from third world countries. The problem with that is twofold. First, a lot of these refugees are on welfare. So they're not, gonna, they're not helping fund welfare programs. They're the ones on the welfare program. And then also when you migrate people from the developing world, most of them are Muslim. So we're talking major fundamental changes to our country with this United Nations plan of replacement migration. Cider Crusaders, have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you on uh, next Saturday. Mike Slater Show. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network.